Hey, what's up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to the Domesticated Dude podcast. I'm Logan, your host on this journey. Before we jump into this episode, I just want to take a moment to reflect on what's been going on in our country over the last couple of weeks. The Black Lives Matter movement is so important. We need to support them. We need to make sure that their voices are heard and that we will do better because we must do better to support our African-American community and make sure what happened to George Floyd and so many others does not happen again because black lives do matter. I'm joined by my friend Tom. Tom and I met back in 2012. His wife Jill was my editor at the newspaper and we became friends really quickly. Tom and Jill have been married for 15 years So he has a lot of really good insight on what it means to have a healthy and successful marriage. Tom and Jill have three daughters. So I talked to Tom about what changed once him and Jill became parents and kind of the the lens and the filter that you have to establish once you have kids. We also talk about establishing your critical thinking skills and helping practice being able to distill what's real and what's not. And really be able to look at it from from a very critical point of view and an unbiased point of view. Tom walks us through some exercises that he does to get to that point. If you like what you hear, share it with a friend. Follow us on Spotify. Leave us a review on Apple. You know the drill. Without further ado, here's my conversation with my friend Tom. Hope you enjoy Tom, how you doing, man? It's, it's good to finally see you. I haven't seen you in like two or three months. How you been? I've been really good, man. It's nice seeing you too. It's good to be here. So, good. what's like, new? Uh, nothing other than we're getting a tree cut down. So that sounds exciting. Yeah, you know, uh, Zoe yesterday I think sat in the kitchen in front of the glass window, the glass window door for I don't know how many hours yesterday just to watch the guy cut the tree down because she was so fascinated by it. So I think it's actually kind of cool. Hey, that's free entertainment for your kids, right? Yeah, I think it helped Jill out a lot while she was downstairs doing actual work stuff. That was one less thing she had to worry about as far as kids fighting. And you were saying that this guy doesn't use a whole lot of tools. He just kind of does it himself. What's that like? Yeah, so he uses ropes to do it. Like you'll, some guys have got cranes and uh, to kind of help big old logs come down from the tree but he just wraps a rope around it rope around himself i mean he's got secure you know but you know you see him cutting this mammoth branch down that is heavier than you and i together and probably another guy and he's just got a rope tied around it and cuts it and it he just is able to kind of guide it to wherever he wants to put it on the ground it's pretty pretty neat to see actually yeah i bet so Especially something different, you know, like you said, everybody's got all this equipment and cranes and stuff. So to be able to watch somebody actually use the art a little yeah, bit better. Yeah, you know, and I think he's only been doing it by himself. I don't I think he said maybe a year or so, maybe longer than that. Um, but he'd been doing it for years with another guy. So, I mean, he knows what he's doing, but it's, it's pretty neat to see. That's cool. 
what's what have the last couple months been like for you and your family i mean i know it it ranges and everybody's had a different experience and i'm sure people are tired of talking about it but that's what's going on in our world right now right what's it been like for you guys uh for me it hasn't changed at all um i've been one of the lucky ones um my business that i work at still is up and running um nobody's been laid off everybody gets to work plenty so that's really good um i know for jill it's changed quite a bit being a teacher um so she was she was teaching online for students and then she was teaching the kids our kids um and then trying to do all her work so it's i think for her there's quite a bit different um a lot more stress i think on her end um and i think her days were a lot longer oh i'm sure so I'm sure I can. I mean, I know Sarah can relate to that. Her hours completely changed once everything went online. And I know teaching at a university is way different than teaching at a middle school, but it's the same concept. You have to completely switch everything. Right. And I think teaching is teaching. I don't think it's necessarily depends if you're teaching elementary school or if you're teaching college kids. I I think the whole process for everybody is um, was pretty tough. Um, teachers as well as the students. I know, um, you know, you hear stories about students who did really, really well all year, and then all of a sudden they kind of fall off, you know, whether they're in elementary school or middle school or high school or even in college um, because everything's changed. You know, they'll do really, really well, and all of a sudden now it's this unknown on how you're supposed to do your stuff. I mean, because there's a system to everything, and all of a sudden that system isn't there on how you're supposed to do your daily I don't know, schoolwork. Right. Um, and so I think that's been, was hard for a lot of kids. Yeah. Yeah. I can't even imagine. Um, so have you guys been, uh, how have you guys been doing as a family? Are you taking any trips? Are you going on some field trips now that things are starting to open up? What's, what's it been like having to work with your, with your kids still at the, at the house during the, during the week? Man, they're, uh, they're troopers. I think they are, um, they're tired of the whole process. I think they understand what's going on and they understand the reason why they can't go give grandma a hug right now. Um, but, you know, they're doing doing a pretty good job as far as the things that need to be done. Um, but I think we're going to do quite a bit of camping this summer. Um, I think that's probably where most of our, our stuff's going to be. Um, I think we were going to try to maybe go out western part of the state and maybe get a a cabin someplace maybe and spend a week out there um when things kind of die down a little bit but i'll be like we were gonna go to seattle originally but that's you know ain't gonna happen now yeah that was one of the heaviest hit places right. in the country right yeah so i mean it's kind of a blessing in disguise because we were gonna drive the whole way and i don't know if that's exactly the smartest thing you want to do with three daughters but um it would have been interesting i would say that much <laughs> i can't I'm I'm trying to picture you in the minivan with your three daughters, your wife. First of all, first of all, it's a swagger wagon. Let's just, oh sorry, swagger wagon. Let's get that sorry. straight. It's not a minivan. It's a swagger wagon. I don't know what your war is against minivans, man. I drove a minivan in high school and college, and I pimped the crap out of it. Uh, no, it's there's there's just something about a minivan. It's not. It's not domestic. It's too domesticated, dude. That's what it is. It's too much to be a domesticated dude with a minivan. So if you change it up, you call it a swagger wagon. Then it's a little bit different. You know, you're not as domesticated, maybe. 
Okay. Still a little rough around there. Yeah, you know, it's a little, little, little cooler, maybe. Okay. I, I can get I behind yeah, that. Uh, I, I it's is it more punk rock? I could see you. Were you a punk? Were you a punk kid in the punk movement? I should say, well, not a punk kid. No, I mean, like I, I really enjoyed punk music, um, but you know, I did some skateboarding and stuff like that. But I wasn't like the uh, your I don't know, say your typical kid as far as in that like punk age. You okay. Know, yeah, kids yeah. like that where they were doing things breaking the law or you know fighting the police or whatever you want to say i wasn't doing any of that stuff i was a pretty good kid now with the swagger wagon how go. long have you guys had that a, couple a years, year, year no now? one year yeah we just just uh got new tags nice. one year tags so What's... so it was cheaper than the original you know when we first licensed it so i was pretty excited about that it's good you gotta find small victories <laughs> that's right, that's right. You can yeah, find them. yeah that's right with the swagger wagon that's got a lot of room, right? A lot of storage, a lot of entertainment. You can flip down the DVD. Oh, see, we don't have any of that fancy. Okay. No, we don't. Well, that's good. We're, that's uh, good. We're, we were, we're too cheap. Um, no. Uh, I mean, you know, it's got like your Bluetooth for radio and all that. And, you know, I, I tend to use my phone while we're drive listen to my music and then i get in trouble because next thing you know, it's uh, a song that drops the F-bomb. And I've got all three girls and my wife in there. And then she still turns around, looks at me, like, Tom, shut that off. I'm like, what? And then, and then, like, one daughter continues to sing uh, many of the lyrics from this particular song. <laughs> and which gets me even in more trouble. So, and it's been going on for like months. Like, she hasn't heard the song in months. And she'll still start singing the lyrics of the song. I got to know what song that is. It's uh, Ben Franklin. I don't know. It's by now. I can't remember who sings that song. Uh, the Decembers. Decembers. That sounds right. The Decembers. They yeah. sound like a real group that I've heard of. Yeah, before. I think that's who that is. Yeah. Ben Franklin. Ben Franklin. So the there's Decembers. there's uh, excuse the language, but there's uh, lyrics in there that says, "Do you know who the fuck I am?" He's, All right. He's motherfucking Ben Franklin. I. And it's it's actually a really pretty good historical song about Benjamin Franklin. It's just got a few few curse words in it that uh, <laughs> a nine year old probably doesn't need to be listening to. It still sounds like a good history lesson, though. It I, I it was actually than... it, it really is. It, it talks about his his faults as a person and the good things he did. So it's it's a it's a really good song. All right. So I highly recommend that song if anybody wants to check it out. Check it out. Just don't listen to it around your kids. That's right. Or or guess, do or do. I mean, if you yeah. want to get in trouble. Do you, do you get in trouble a lot? You know, uh, no, I don't. I, I'm okay. No, I guess I probably do. Um, so especially when I'm around friends from high school, I turn into a 13 year old and it's dick and fart jokes nonstop for I don't know how many hours we're together. Um, and I know my wife tires of it. Maybe that's the best way to say it. So I, for the most part, I'm, I'm pretty good. I, I do have a sophomoric personality sometimes, so I think that gets a little old for her. But I don't get in too much trouble. Do you do you find your thirteen year old self comes out a lot more when you're around those oh, around yeah. those friends? And oh yeah. You, you know your mind goes back to what it was like growing up as oh, yeah. kids, and it's your time to like cut loose, man. That's, yeah. So, that's what we all want. So the story my wife always gets mad about is so like when my buddy Jake and I get together I mean yeah, we've known each other since diapers we grew up two houses down from each other been friends forever uh, lived together in Lincoln um, you know 
And then when we get together, we'll tell the same terrible stories from when we were kids. And my wife's like, I've heard this a thousand times. You guys have anything new? I'm like, oh, no, this is this is it. You know, and I think uh, I think his wife has said once before to Jill, um, I wonder if they'll ever love us the way they love each other, which is probably, you know, pretty close. I mean, we, we love our wives very much. And, you know, he's maybe a little bit below her. But, you know, he's still below her. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. But that's that's the hierarchy. Once you get married. Right. That your friend hierarchy always goes down a notch. Yeah, you just just but, you know, not not a big notch, just a little notch. Yeah. You know, but. but then when you're with them, you get, you know, if those are people that you haven't seen in a while, I found this out with a lot of my friends. If I'm not around them for a year or two years and then we get together or we talk on the phone, it's. It's right back into where right. we left off every time. Every time. Um, and you can literally have a actual serious conversation with them. And then immediately in the middle of that, all of a sudden it turns to some some stupid conversation about, you know, you kicked them in the nuts when, you know, playing basketball or something stupid that you forgot about 20 years ago. But, yeah, you did do that. And so then you start going on about that for the next hour and – Everybody's like, oh, we don't care. Why are you guys talking about this? You know, so that happens quite a bit. Yeah, and it's way more fun to kind of go back to that default mode than to have. Sometimes those serious conversations are needed, and it's good to have them. But then it also feels good to go right back into. Well, sometimes it's good else. to feel like you're a kid again. Yeah, you know, with everything that goes on in the world and work and relationships. I mean, sometimes it's just nice to have that blind look on things i guess like you don't see any anything wrong in the world at the time you know you're back to being a kid and you're doing the same stupid things you did then and you know i mean that's not something you can sustain you know for a healthy relationship at all but you know it's it's nice to kind of every once in a while kind of go back to that and you know you have a couple hours doing that and you're kind of reset for months yeah you know exactly feel better yeah and you're kind of you have that time to Kind of just let everything go, and then you come back, and you're like, "Okay, I'm ready. This game face is back on now. I'm ready for whatever's next." Right? Do you do you find that's difficult for you with three daughters? I mean, do you have to be on all the time, or are you able to still kind of, like you said, let loose a little bit? No, um, we have a pretty fun household for the most part. We do a lot of joking around, but then we, we get pretty serious on things too. Um, but it, like one of the things that for me that I had to learn early on and I mean maybe it's not just a girls thing but just with kids in general like I was super super competitive um and I'd be watching the tv and I'd be yelling at the tv like my team was not performing well and I was the guy screaming at the tv because you know obviously yelling through a tv is going to make a team play better you know and I think Mackenzie must have been two at the time and I was so mad and I'm yelling and screaming at the tv and I turn around and she's bawling because she's seeing her dad scream at the TV and she has no idea what's going on. She just, what's wrong with dad? And that was like one of those instant aha moments. Like, I can't do that. Like it changed the way I kind of perceive things after that. Um, but you know, it's like, Oh no, I'm just, you know, and you get to pick her up and try to soothe her. And, um, but yeah, I was one of those people who yelled at the TV and now I'm definitely don't do that. And I'm like, why are you yelling at the TV? But 12 years ago I was doing the same thing. You know, so something like that, we just kind of you realize well, yeah, there's, we, there's, you know, uh, 
consequences for things you do. Yeah. You know, something as simple as yelling at the TV is really not that big of a thing. But when you've got a two-year-old who has no idea what's going on, it's scary. You, you picture somebody screaming at the TV and not knowing what's going on, it's scary for them. And so you have to kind of change the way you, you behave from that point forward. Yeah. Or, 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 or you don't. And then maybe the relationships that you have falter, aren't as good, aren't as strong because, because of that. Yeah, because you're not open to understanding why things are happening. Right. But it sounds like you're able to take that step back yeah. and say, okay, this is happening because X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. And now I have to do this to make sure that that doesn't happen again. Right. And it, was, it wasn't an easy thing. It's not like it was you know, automatically like my mind shut off and I stopped yelling at the TV. But like I'd catch myself doing like, nope, nope, can't do that. You know, I could feel myself getting mad now. Like, I don't even care, which is... I think for me a shocker thinking of myself back then, but yeah, I don't could care less what's going on now. Like, like in sports, you know, yeah, like yeah. If I mean, your team I mean, loses, it's, it's, who it's, cares? Yeah, it stinks. I'm like, oh, that sucks, but I'm not like, I'm not hurt by it. I'm not physically ill or mad or anything like that. So, but you know, twelve years ago, I, I was. Yeah. So, I can relate to that. I, I would be living on pins and needles about sports and. When all the sports shut down, I thought I was going to be the person that would be super bummed out that there weren't any sports to watch. I haven't really missed them. No, I haven't missed sports at all, actually. It's it's just something that it's like, oh, cool. Well, sports are on. That's great. It's a good excuse to get together with friends. And Sarah and I like to go to the Husker games when we can or whatever. But for, for the last few months, it's just been like, all right, well, what else is going on? What right. else can we do around the house? What else can we talk about? What else, you know, what right. other activities can we do? Right. The whole like living on pins and needles and living and dying on your team winning or losing. I had a good lesson in that this last September. I went with a couple of buddies to Boulder for the Nebraska Colorado game. We didn't get into the game or anything like that. We were watching it from a bar, which was still cool. You know, you're still there in Boulder. Nobody, nobody messed with us. We heard going in how angry Boulder people can be and how much of jerks they could be. I didn't experience any of that, but once Nebraska lost, my buddies who I went with, they were, they were bummed because they're lifelong Nebraska fans. Mm-hmm. They care very deeply, and I do too. But I was like, look, I'm on vacation. Yeah. I don't care. Like, yeah, that sucks we lost. I'm standing right in front of a bar. Yeah. So that's what's going to happen now. But it's just like, I don't know. It's just one of those things where, like, I totally understand where those guys come from. You know, it's, it's very deep-seated mm-hmm. love for that team in this state. I have a little bit of that, but I didn't grow up here. Right. So I, I lose a little bit of that. And I always like to look on the positive side of things. It's like, Hey, I'm in a new place. I'm going to have fun. Right. And that's a really good way to look at everything. I think in life to have that, that outlook, I think you're just happier person by doing that. I definitely feel happier. Well, I felt happier until I realized that I drank too much. And then of course that's when the consequences said, (laughs) Right, right. But if you never realize you drink too much, do you ever really drink too much? See, that's let's see. If you're looking at it that way, you're okay. Maybe that's a, that's a, another philosophical question. Right, I but don't the, feel ready to answer. But but you might also get yourself into a world of trouble as well. So you maybe don't want to do that either. But. Yeah, In trouble not just with yourself, but uh, everybody else. Everybody else around yep. you. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So we've talked about how you live in a house with three daughters and your wife. Mm. And a female dog. And a female dog. Yeah, so yeah. you are vastly outnumbered. Yes, vastly. How? What are some of the things that you do to either keep 
Tom going like, I don't know. Do you ever feel like you have to kind of unplug and go off and do your own thing for a little bit and then come back? What, what's what's it like? I mean, I don't necessarily think there's the, the need for it, um, but I do like I, I go running I'm pretty much every day after work um, early on early on the weekends. Um, and that's kind of my me time. You know, you kind of clear your head, you know, and think about whatever it is that's bothering you and you generally feel a lot better afterwards. Um, but you know, I've got three really good kids. Um, they keep me on my toes for majority of the time and say things, do things that I'm very proud of, even though they're very inappropriate, but I'm still very proud of that. Um, but uh, you know, I don't, I don't think there's like initially that need to unplug. I mean, although we do, we like Jill and I, obviously recently we haven't done that, but we try to do a date night. Oh, cool. Um, and we do it with another couple who have kids. And so, like, we'd switch from week to week, and, like, we'd watch their kids and our kids one week, and they'd go out for a couple hours, and then the next week, they would do the same thing for our kids. And so, it was actually fun for the kids, because they get to see their friends, and they get to play and do whatever they want to do. Yeah. And then you get some actual adult one-on-one conversation with your spouse, which, um, when you have kids, is a rarity. Um, By the time you get everybody to bed, and you work a full-time job... Even if you don't work a full-time job, if you've got, you know, kids in the house all day, that is a full-time job. And so you get to 9, 30, 10 o'clock at night, you know, you don't want to talk to anybody. You're like, I'm going to bed. Right. You know, you're both exhausted. You've both had a long day. And um, so something like that actually, I think, helps everybody out. It helps the kids out, helps us out. So how did that, how did that um, situation start? Was it? You and your buddy talking about, hey, you know, it'd be really cool if we were able to each have a date night. Let's start this up. I think my my wife's, it was my wife's idea. And I don't know exactly where she got it from, um, but she shot the idea to them. And they're like, yeah, that's a great idea. I mean, I think anybody who has kids knows sometimes it's just nice to get out without your kids. I mean, you love your kids to death. There's nothing you want to want to do for them. But every once in a while, you need that couple hours just to away and not even talk about your kids to actually talk about whatever else is going on in your life you know yeah. not even bring the kids up which is harder than you think I can when, yeah. when everything is you know your entire life orbits around your children whether you try to make it that or not it just does um, and so to have an actual conversation that doesn't involve your kids is, is nice that's cool man yeah. that's cool that you guys are able to do that I think Obviously, Sarah and I don't have kids, but I think that that's a great way to ensure that you you guys get your time, your buddy and his wife get their time. Right. It seems like a no brainer. Like, yeah, why, no. why weren't people doing this before? You know, and I, you know, I don't know. Like, I think I don't know why people don't do that. Um, you know, and for us, like the kids, the families get along. I mean, it's Luke. Yeah. So I mean, Luke's a great guy, and Katie's great, and their kids are awesome. So our kids get along really well with them, and vice versa. So it's it's easy for us. You know, it's not like this. Oh, we we have to go to this person's house and make it work. But you don't. There is none of that. It's like hey, like a lot of times, it's just we literally kick the kids out the car. See ya. <laughs> they know the way. They, they they know how to get in the door. They can turn the knob <laughs> and walk right on in. So. Um, no, that's really, it's like I said, it's been a long time since we've done that. Um, schedules change and, you know, within COVID and who knows when you're allowed to do anything again. So, I mean, that's part of it, but. 
do you, does uh, Jill and Katie get together when we like when we go out on our guys' nights? Do they kind of get together? They they do. They have a, they have a, a group that they um, kind of get together with. Um, God, I think they do a much better job than we do as oh, far as like actually scheduling it and planning it out, and like they decide, hey, we're gonna do it this date, and they'll look, you know, weeks in advance of like, hey, this works for me. This, I mean, like. We, we call each other up on a Thursday, like, hey, can we make Friday work? Okay, Saturday, you know. So they do a much better job planning. But, yeah, they have a, a group that they get together with, um, and I think that's great for them. I really do, and I think it's great for us when we get it get together. Yeah. Um, I think time apart is, is also a good thing. Yeah, and what I really like about our group is I, I typically always learn something that I didn't know before. Right, because you guys are uh, not by much, but a little bit older than me. You've you've been through some things. I mean, you've had three. You have three kids. The other guys have kids. I mean, like silver hair like this, you know. It's hey, man. I can't. I can't judge. I got just as many grays in my beard. <laughs> but you have a beard. That's so that's pretty impressive. Yeah. It's just the wisdom showing through, right? Mm-hmm. That's what, that's what I tell people. I always say it's three daughters. That you either go bald or gray. Too. Yeah, I got lucky and went gray. It looks good. So yeah, so it's uh, but it's fun. I mean, you're able to kind of sit back and just shoot the shit with with other guys who have been through similar situations or have been through some situations that you haven't been right. through yet. I know I talked about this on the last episode, but that just it, it's just really appreciative. I'm really appreciative. Of well, all of that. what I really like is that it's a pretty diverse group of people, um, different stages in life, different opinions on things whether it be political or just through life in general um and a lot of times we don't agree on stuff yep and yep. nobody gets mad and nobody beats each other up and nobody calls each other out for any of that stuff i mean we we talk we have discussions and then we leave it at that i don't think anybody goes into it thinking damn it logan you need to believe what i'm going to believe and if you don't we're going to go toe to toe right you know we don't have that with with this at least with this group of people um you know there's things we just don't agree on and it's fine and we know and, that. Yeah, we, and then, we and, know. And then what we do after we've had our discussion and nobody gets mad at each other, we buy around. Like, yeah, let's have a shot. And then yep. that's it. Nobody, nobody goes home angry at the other guy for like you didn't agree with me on whatever yeah. stupid thing it is. Yeah. I mean, a lot of that stuff doesn't really matter. And I think majority of people are a lot closer in things than they think they are. Mm-hmm. You know, most people are like one or two small issues, which maybe are bigger issues, I guess, but off from being the exact same thing you know and i think people don't think about that like we're, we're we all want the same thing yeah i mean maybe we want to do it a little bit different but it doesn't mean we don't want the same thing right and i think i think we get blinded sometimes into thinking that our way is the only way and if right if you don't agree with my way then you're doing it wrong right but there are plenty of ways to skin a cat, like they always say. Right. And there's always, you know, and my path may not be your path where you guys want to go. Maybe different than where we want to go. You know, it's right. just it just varies. Right. And I think people have a hard time seeing that. Right. And and this year, I mean, I don't know if I actually made a resolution necessarily, but I kind of started thinking, man, I wanna I wanna challenge my own beliefs, and I think that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I kind of enjoy that now. We're like, yeah. I really think that was a bad idea or am I, did I think that was going to be bad? And then I found out about more information about whatever it is. I'm like, okay, that's really not what I thought it was. I don't know why anybody would be upset by it. You know? So I'm trying to kind of challenge who I am and maybe the things that I think. Um, sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. I mean, it's a, it's a growing process. It's a learning process. And 
doesn't always work, but at can least I, I'm trying to do it. Can I put you on the spot a little bit sure. and ask you if there are a couple examples that you'd like to share? Yeah, you know, I, I think um, one thing that was kind of a hot topic was when the Trump administration did the uh, the bombing of the Iran general, right? And I don't think it was so much that they killed him, but they maybe the where they did it at was maybe what people were upset about it. And I'm thinking at first, I'm like, oh, no, war with Iran, right? That would be bad. But then I started thinking, like, God, Obama, you know, used drones to bomb lots of different locations and lots, lots of different people. And I don't ever remember being up in arms about that. So why would I be upset with this issue? You know, and that was one of those things where I'm like, I mean, the guy was a bad guy. I mean, there's there's no doubt about that. He was a terrible person. And um, I think they did what they thought was best. And so for me to be upset by that, whether I like the president or don't like the president, but if another president did it and I wasn't upset by it, you know, a similar circumstance, then why would I be upset by this? And so that was one of those kind of things where I was thinking at first was like, oh, yeah, war with Iran is kind of your immediate thought. And they're like, okay, look, let's think about it for a minute. And then I kind of thought, well, yeah, I wouldn't be mad if Obama did that. Why would I be mad if Trump did that? Right. Or I wasn't mad that Obama did it, so why would I be mad that he did it? Yeah. Very similar, you know, situation. I don't want to go off the deep end on political stuff on here. But it's good that you were able to have that self-awareness to take a step back and say, okay, what is the issue here? And why was I not upset if somebody else was going to do that? Right. You know, and that's that's the other thing I, I try to look at, like where I think about, you know, if there's somebody on the left that does something that I absolutely hate, I picture somebody on the right that maybe I like. And if they said the same thing, would I be bothered by it? Or vice versa. Let's say somebody on the right says something. I'm like, oh, that was just dumb. And then I think about somebody on the left saying the exact same thing. Well, am I going to think that was dumb? Or is it because this person is the party that I don't like? You know, so that's another thing where I've really tried to work on. Like, okay, yeah, you can say this person made a stupid statement or did something stupid, and that's fine. But as long as if somebody else said it from the other party that you don't like said it or that you do like that says it and you don't have the same reaction, then the problem is you. Yeah. Yeah, so absolutely. I think that critical, the critical thinking skills are so important now. I know they've been important forever, but especially now when there's just so many more opportunities for lack of a better term, bullshit that gets put right, out yeah. into the world. And, you know, to be able to have that mindset of, okay, I'm going to take that step back. I'm going to think what was the aha moment that you had that you I don't like, okay, well that's, that's what I need to focus on. I don't think there was an aha moment. Honestly, I think it just kind of was like, I don't know. It just kind of organically happened. Maybe. I mean, I don't think there was any point where I thought I need to start doing this um, for any reason. It was just, I, I think maybe I got tired of the bullshit. Like you, you hear people on one side complain about something, but you damn well know if somebody on the other side did the exact same thing that they liked, they wouldn't have a problem with it. And I think it got to that point. Like, well, I can't call you out for that. If I'm not looking at myself as far as like, do I do that same thing? And if I do that same thing, how do I stop from doing that same thing? Yeah. You know, it's not that you should agree with whatever people say all the time on different parties or different issues. It's that you need to look at yourself and really think, you know, that, hey, if this person said it and I like this person, was I okay with it? And if that person said it and I don't like them and I was mad, you know, you really need to look at, you know, the way you're looking at the world, I think. 
Yeah, absolutely. And it also goes back. I mean, your goal for this year was to kind of take a, take a harder look at some things. And so you had that in the back of your mind already. And then when this event happened, that just kind of triggered it. Now that you kind of have some of those critical thinking skills, what, what stuck out to you? What have you learned about yourself through that, through that process? That I have a long way to go. I mean, realistically, I mean, it's, you, you think it's an overnight thing. Like, okay, I'm going to make this decision to start being a better person in whatever area of your life that you want to be better at. And it's not something that you just, I'm going to do it and then I'm going to stick with it. But no, there's, it's a learning process. There's going to be days where you're going to be really, really good. And there's days where you're going to be really, really bad at it. But I think the idea is to keep pushing forward. Um, you know, it's, it's like with a diet or with an exercise regime, you know, it's the same thing. You're going to have good days and bad days. You're going to fall off the wagon. You're going to get back on. Um, and I think it's just the same thing. But, it's, you know, I, I failed probably more than I've succeeded at a lot of that stuff. Um, but I at least try to look at myself and think, okay, tomorrow, don't do that. You know, and I guess what I'm trying to do. Whether I'm real successful at it yet, I don't know, but I'm trying to be. Are you a person who learns better by failing or by making a, a- – wrong decisions sometimes yeah i I think um yeah i mean really like just with work stuff i learn by doing so if somebody tries to tell me how to do something it isn't going to stick with me i have to do it and like the same thing if i fail at it i'm like okay don't do that mistake again and i'm usually really really good about making one mistake on something like if i once i've made that one mistake i don't make it again um so i usually do pretty good about learning from my mistakes um not always, but at least at work I do. Life, life, <laughs> life for some for some reason, life is a lot harder than work. Like when someone's paying you money to do something and you don't want to lose your job, you tend to do a lot better at not screwing up. Right. But in life in general, you seem to keep doing the same stupid thing over and over sometimes. It's a couple times. Things have to happen a couple times for it to soak in to right. me. I know growing up, my dad would always tell me, do this. Make sure you're doing this. Make sure you're kind of staying away from the bad shit. Don't get sucked into it. Well, that's all great. But when you're in high school, at least for me, growing up in Alaska, there was booze everywhere. So I was like, yeah, I'm just going to do this. And, you know, you have to fuck up a few times before you're like, all right, I need to be way better about what I'm doing, where I'm doing it, and what is being affected by my actions. Right. I was probably better at that in high school than I am now. Like, I never drank in high school. Never tried it. Never partied. Um, you know, I had a lot of friends that did it. Um, but I never had any issues with my friends. Like, I never I never had that, uh, oh, man, you got to come drink with us. If you don't drink with us, you know, you hear stories. Like, nobody ever did that to me. Not once did anybody. Like, okay, Tom doesn't drink, so you know what? We're just not going to have him come out. You're still part of the friend group. You right. You just don't partake in that particular activity. Right. So I never had any of those issues. Um at least as far as in high school, you know, I was a pretty good kid as far as that went. I never did anything, you know, like that, I guess. I mean, we dicked around and things we probably shouldn't have been doing, like jumping over a car or, oh, yeah. you know, all, just doing yeah. stupid, stupid stuff like that. Um, shooting each other with frozen paintballs, you know, dumb, dumb stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh. I don't recommend that. No. Um, don't do that. Or a blow dart gun was another one. Um, but, you know, we didn't do anything. As far as drinking or drugs, I never did anyways, but it's good. 
That's good. Don't yeah, do drugs. Yeah, I was, I was, I was, I was really. And I don't do drugs now either. But I didn't do any of that stuff in high school. But I think I was like, uh, I was a couple weeks before my twenty first birthday before I had my first beer, and it was like a big do could could do at uh, Mid Plains. And uh, anyways, we were gonna have a party at someone's house, and they're like, Tom said he wanted to drink, and so like a ton of people came for that. And so it was a good time though. And I, I think I maybe had two beers. And that was like way more than <laughs> I probably should have had that night because <laughs> I did not like any of it at all. Like, oh, this is disgusting and gross, and I hated it. Like, this is beer tastes bad. Like, the beer is bad. Like, no, that's the way beer tastes. I'm like, oh. But then you know, I kind of blossomed into being a pretty good drinker. Yeah, I would years, say so. As as the years have gone on, but you know, I I was new to the game. We'll say that. Yeah, you've you've learned. You've, you're yeah. seasoned. I'm seasoned now. now. Yeah, yeah. I was slow to get into it, but I'm I'm pretty good now. That's good. Yeah, I mean, when we go out, we we keep it pretty good. I mean, I, I I've been impressed with how we've been able to stay above the table. Yeah, there's been a couple times. Yeah, but we to be fair, we always have somebody who's sober driving us, or we're walking, or we're walking. That's true. We don't have anybody sober. We are walking, and sometimes we're walking in the snow, which is not fun, especially when you have the farthest to walk. Especially when some asshole thinks that there's Uber, Lyft, and Seward on a regular weekend night. Yeah. You know what there isn't. Don't worry, guys. I got this. I got I got us a car lined up. Yeah. You'll be here. If you if you haven't caught on already, I'm that asshole who booked us a ride and didn't happen. Yeah, because there was no Uber in Seward, Nebraska on a random... It was a weekend, though. No, it was, it was a weekend. Friday night, wasn't it? Yeah. Friday's weekend. Yeah, are they going to be in Seward on a week Friday night, or are they no. going to be in Lincoln and Omaha? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, I probably shouldn't have brought that up because I'm still not going to live that down. But I brought that one upon myself. You did. I own it. I'll own it. And it was snowing, as I recall. It was. It yep. was sleeting. And I don't handle the cold at all, so I was not happy because I was cold. Not, not that I was walking, but it's cold. I don't yeah. like the cold. I think I mean, I'm, I- I'm wearing a hoodie and it's 95 degrees outside. Obviously, I do not like the cold. Yeah, something's wrong with that. Yeah, that's true. There something's wrong with that. I don't know. What's? Are you just because you grew up in Nebraska? Yeah, you grew yeah. up with the heat and the humidity. Yeah, I love that. the heat and humidity. Oh my gosh, I would take it every day if I had, let's say, ninety-eight plus degrees every day and then high humidity on top of that. I would be in. I would just. I, that would be the best thing for me. Like if that was every day. I, I feel better in the heat. I sleep better. It's like some people can't sleep when it's hot out. Yeah, no problem at all. Man. I hate air conditioning. I, I, I absolutely hate air conditioning. If I wasn't married and I didn't have kids, we'd have no AC in my house. I don't turn the AC on my car ever oh, unless my kids are with me. Dude. So th- that's the one thing I like about the Swagger Wagon is because there's dual controls. Oh, nice. And so when I drive, I actually have the heater on. While my, while my wife has the AC on for her and the kids in the back. And then I've got the heat full blast on myself. Yeah. So you're just, uh, do you sweat a lot? No, not normally. Like when I get mad, I sweat. Or if I work out, I sweat. But if I'm just like a normal, like my run the mill work day, I'm not sweating at all. Very rarely do I sweat at work. And I don't have any fans on me. And so it's funny because every year, you know, you get summer help kids and they're always looking at you weird. Like, what's wrong with you? You know, it's 100 degrees in here right now. I'm like, ah, says I'm all right. And they just don't quite understand it. And there's always, there's always a reason for why I'm not wearing a, or why I'm wearing a hoodie, I guess. 
Uh, there, was, there was a couple. I had uh, racist tattoos because I was served time in prison. Another one was I was a heroin addict, and so I was covering up the track marks in my arms, which that one I really liked. I don't know why I really liked that one. The third wow. one, the third one was that uh, I was severely burned, and that was the reason why. It's because I was like in a fire in my arms and back. And sometimes people are way, way too quick to jump to conclusions. Yeah, about like, people. but yeah, I thought it was kind of funny. I, although, although the jail one, I think, was pretty cool too, because anybody who knows me knows, like, I'm not tough at all. You're like, like the nicest guy. Like in the if room. I were to get in a fight, like I could probably throw one really good punch before the person knocked me to the ground and I'd be out. You know, like at least get a get a punch in. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't. It wouldn't do anything to the person, but and then I'd be laying on the ground crying. But I kind of thought the idea of me being in jail and being a badass was kind of cool. You should have. You should have just played it up, right. man. You should have just. You should have gotten one of those temporary tattoos. Get a teardrop underneath your right. eye. Just go full out. Right. Oh, yeah. I, you know, I don't know. I think Jill would probably dig the teardrop tattoo. She might. Maybe I'll ask her when I go. <laughs> Maybe you just get like a temporary one, like a sticker or something. <laughs> I just got back from Logan's. We got tattoos. We got, we got matching tattoos under our eye. What goes on during this fucking podcast, man? <laughs> she just figures, oh, they were drinking. I think is what, exactly what she'll say. We still have like... Uh, a little bit more than half of a bottle here. We could probably we could probably do some damage tonight. Ooh, I got to get up in the morning and run, so I don't know if that'll work. <laughs> One of the stories that you told, you said that you were just about to turn 21, and that's when you had your first beers and, and that sort of thing. Uh, it wasn't too long after that that you met your wife, right? Yeah, actually, yeah. I mean, it would have been, I mean, it was, yeah, maybe it would have been, yeah, shortly thereafter I would have met her, I would say. Because she was we we were together when I turned twenty one. Oh, okay. So okay, um, maybe it was a little bit before. Maybe it was only maybe it was several months before twenty one. But it was somewhere around that age, probably twenty, is when I had my first drink. Um, but yeah, I met her shortly thereafter. I'm trying to think about what a twenty and twenty one year old Tom was like. Were you <laughs> were you very similar to where you are? I now? I was probably or? a lot more fun than I am now, to be honest. Um. I didn't have a care in the world, honestly. I mean, I, I didn't fear anything, and I didn't care. Like, I mean, I cared about stuff, but, like, I wasn't worried that, oh, if I don't do this, this will happen to me. You know, right. I didn't have those type of cares, like, for whatever reason. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I was probably really loud and probably obnoxious and probably more fun, I okay. would say. Yeah. All right. So you said that you were a lot more fun back then, but I think you're still a lot of fun now. I mean, we're able to hang out and do stuff like this and you're smiling and, and telling jokes. What's changed? I don't know. I, th- I think the, the, the fear of, I don't know, for me is failing as a father, I think is always there. Like, I think I try to take things a little bit more seriously. I mean, I'm still fun. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, there's that, like, am I teaching my kids the right things? Am I going to make sure that when my children grow to be adults, that they are going to be respectful to other people or they're not going to take shit? You know, as I have daughters, you know, the, the worry is the way the society is in general that, you know, some women get crapped on and I don't want that for my girls. I don't want no. them. To, I want them to be strong and independent and, you know, take the lead. I don't need them to be, um, doing what everybody else tells them they have to do. I don't want that for my girls. I want them to be who they are, and I want them to be happy with who they are. So those are like worries you have. And so I think maybe it kind of takes sometimes your 
uh, your spice of life maybe away a little bit and not like in a bad way. That's not what I mean by that. Just that, uh, you worry about things a little bit more than, than I did back then. And you, you kind of have a filter now, right? A filter and a new lens that you're seeing things through that you're able to kind of understand the repercussions if you do this your right. daughters will see it and they'll think right. that's okay and all of that right you know and i think jill and i have talked about like um what a good marriage is and having our children see what a good marriage is not not that you know in a perfect marriage that husbands and wives or your spouses agree on everything and never fight because that's not the reality but to know that that person goes to bat for you yes no matter what, you know, um, not maybe not no matter what, you know, but for the most part, they're there on, for you to help you, whether they agree with some of the decisions you made or not. And it's not always easy, no. um, you know, and I think that's one of those things where I want our kids to realize that, hey, you know, it's not a storybook thing where marriages take work. It's not this, hey, we got married, fell in love, and that was it. You know, it's not the way it works, you know, and so I try to, we will try to be like, make sure they understand that there's there's more to it and there's work to it. And not just in marriage, but in life in general. You know, if you want a good job, you're going to have to work for that job. You know, you want good grades, you're going to have to work for that. It's, none of that stuff is just going to come to you. Right. I mean, maybe it does at first. You know, there's some people who are just really smart and it might be easy for them now, but in 15 years, all of a sudden, they get into something that's hard and they don't have that work ethic on how to persevere through the hard stuff. And all of a sudden, they fail and they don't know what to do. You know, So I kind of want to make sure our kids have that in them. How are some, how are some of the ways that you are instilling that? Just, just communication. You know, I, I think, um, especially when, when they screw up, um, we've done a really good job recently, I think maybe the last couple of years, um, of saying, Hey, you know, we screw up too. You know, it's not, it's not, we're not mad at the screw up. We're mad at the lying of the screw up right? or the hiding of the screw up or the blaming somebody else of your screw up. You know, that's, that's when we get mad. It's not that you don't screw up. We all screw up. Like I have to explain to him, I screw up at work and I get in trouble. You know, that it's, it's not the end of the world to screw up, you know, you learn from that stuff and you have to keep going and you want to be honest about it. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a great way to look at it. So, it's a great way to do it too. Let them know that, Hey, this, this is going to happen. You are going to mess up and yeah. you have to take accountability and ownership on that and learn how to not do that. Again, it goes right. back to your example at work, you know, you mess up and you never mess up in that with that piece. Right. again. What are some of those other things that you've learned kind of on your path to become a little bit more domesticated. I'm not going to say fully domesticated because none of us are and we never will be. But as you kind of met your wife and and started that relationship, what are some of those things that you've had to kind of tweak in your life? Um, Making decisions without talking to her or especially when we started getting serious, you know, like, and they give you minor things like, um, going out golfing for the day and not telling somebody, you know, I mean, that's in the grand scheme of things. Is that a big deal? No, but you know, when you first get together and you really care about somebody and you decide, Hey, I want to be in a relationship with that person. You don't tell them things like that. And they think, Oh, maybe you're going to do this instead, but then you don't show and you don't talk and you don't call. And so people get worried, you know, right or wrong. And 
so, but it's things like that that I learned early on. Um, you know, that I just enjoyed spending time with her. So I wanted to do those things as right. much as possible. Yeah. And with the understanding that sometimes I'm going to go play golf. Right. But I need to tell you that I'm going to go play golf right. and say, hey, did we have any plans for or, Saturday? Because I want to go play golf on Saturday. Or or this is one I don't recommend. And I'm surprised she stayed with me after this. She was pretty, pretty upset. It was a golfing story. And we went golfing. And uh, it would have been like July. It was a pretty hot day. It was probably 100 degrees out in North Platte. And she had a friend back in town. And I was supposed to meet this friend of hers. And that she really liked this person. And she really wanted me to meet this person. And we drank way too much. And we were really, really sunburned. And I came back. And I'm pretty sure I passed out. And I know she tried waking me up to take me to go. And I was like, oh, whatever. And I fell back asleep. Um, I, she was really, really mad at me from that one. <laughs> it was not a smart, smart decision. I was somebody that she really wanted me to meet. And, you know, what do I do? I... I go play golf with the boys and get really drunk and sunburned and can't, you know, walk anymore. And it was like, you know, five o'clock in the afternoon or when she came to get me, I think. And, you know, I've probably been home for a couple hours at that point. So uh, it was not a smart, smart decision on my part. How did you come back from that? I'm not sure. Actually. <laughs> I don't, I don't remember. Um, I must've done something. Okay. Um, you know, it's, almost 15 years of marriage now. So I must've done something that went her back. Um, I don't remember what it was. I mean, that's a bad thing, but uh, yeah, I don't remember what I did, but at least now, you know, uh, not to go out and get too drunk on the golf course when you have something important lined up, especially if there's something like, and it's a commitment that I agreed to. So let me say that to like, I agreed to meet this person. It's not like it was this, she was making me do something I didn't want to do. Like I've said, Oh yeah, I'll do it. I just, too much of that day and it was not it was a bad day just personally because i felt terrible after that you know you're really drunk and really sunburned you wake up the next day and you're in a lot of pain and then you're also in trouble with your girlfriend so that was not a that was not a good good day for me but but it seems like you guys are able to i mean 15 years of marriage you're able to have some of those hard conversations now and you have to have that certain level of understanding with each other too, that not every day is going to be a, a perfect day. Right. You know, and I can't remember who told me this. Um, and it would have been either just before we got married or just after we got married. Um, and there's an older person who'd been married for 20 plus years, probably and said, there are going to come a point in your relationship that you're going to hate the other person. She goes, it may be one year from now, it may be 20 years from now, but you will have that point and you've got to make that decision on where you're going to go from that point. Like you spend all this time together and it just takes couples different times in their marriage. They'll hit that. And she said, it may, who knows how long it's going to be. And we haven't reached that point yet, but it was one of those things that's always been kind of the back of my head where it's like, okay, yeah, you know, we might hit that point where we just, for whatever reason, you just fall your uh your paths kind of go different and you don't try to go with the other person um you know that's going to happen i think at some point and i think it depends on how you react on where you go from there so i've always kind of thought about that like there's that possibility of you know you might wake up one day realizing yeah oh, i really dislike this person what happened 
So then you have to make that decision of where am I going to go next? Am I going to try to merge back in or am I going to pretend like nothing's happened and see see what happens from that, which is never a good thing. Right. You know, so I guess what I was trying to say is it's one of those things that's always been in the back of my head to look for that, you know, um, that's a possibility that's going to happen in a relationship and in a marriage, especially something that spends decades, you know, you're not going to agree on everything and you're going to have really bad days, but you have to decide if those bad days are worth um, giving up what you have together. Right. I think that's really important because a lot of people's first instinct is to cut and run when right. things get hard. Yeah. But if you are with that, you're with that person who you love and you've been through a lot of with and just being able to know that they're probably going to have your back. So you need to make sure that you have their back right. too, no matter what that means. If that means seeking some, some answers somewhere else or like right. doing something together to get some help, you know, just to be able to have some safe spaces to talk things out. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's what needs to happen. Right. You know, when you get, when you get, if, and when you get to that. Right. Point. You know, and I was, it, it maybe there are a couple who never get to that point. I don't know. Um, I just remember that was something that was told to me and, you know, they were in a pretty good relationship at that point. And then, so I'm, my guess was that she was sharing that because they had been through that, that stage yeah. in their, in their relationship. And so, um, I think it's just good to, to maybe have that in the back of your mind that there's that possibility and, you know, you really love that person then you better fight for it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Not to. just, not just walk away from it. Yeah. I mean, and sometimes walking away from it might be the best decision, but, um, I think if you really, really want to be with that person that you do everything you can to try to try to make it work. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Tom, man, we've been talking for about an hour. Is there... Anything else that's kind of on the top of your mind that you think we should talk about tonight or maybe a, a tee up for the for the next episode Ooh, that we do? Man, I got nothing on my mind. It's kind of nice. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, man, I, I enjoyed it. It was fun. So cool. Well, I appreciate you coming on, taking the time and having a drink with me and or two or two or two. Yeah. And uh, maybe we're staying six feet apart. Maybe we're not. No one will ever know. No one will ever know. You'll never know. Uh, well, Tom, man, thanks again. Pre I really appreciate it. And I know we'll talk soon. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right. All right.